0: All of us to be builders in the kingdom of God. In fact, that's what we've been talking about in this series, and that's what we've been looking at in this passage of scripture that's really kind of driving us through the entire series. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open them up with me today to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter number 3, and we're going to read verse number 10, kind of our driving passage today. In fact, let's do this. It's on the screen, so why don't you read it out loud with me today on the count of three. One, two, three. Because of God's grace to me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now others are building on it. But whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful. Paul says, hey, God has called you to be a builder. And all of my life, I've been laying this foundation and other great men and women of God have come before us. In fact, Jesus himself is the foundation that we are building upon. And God has called us to carefully use our lives to build something, something that is of an eternal value, something that's not just of earthly value, not to just build a career, not to just build uh, wealth, not to just build a family, but to build something that would last for all of eternity, And that's what we've been talking about in this message series. That's what we're going to be talking about today and for the next few weeks. We're talking about how can we build something that will last? How can we build into the kingdom of God? How can we build God's church? And we've been looking at the scripture and really just kind of looking at some of the builders that we find throughout the scripture. Looking at some of the things that they built and seeing how those things apply to our lives as well. Last week, we looked at a guy named Moses. So everybody say Moses. Moses. Moses Moses and what did Moses build if you were here last week what did he build He built a tabernacle, right? He wasn't really known for being a builder, but if you really study his life, you see that, man, he actually built something pretty incredible, God's very first house. He built a tabernacle. If you weren't here last week, I would encourage you to go back and listen to the podcast because last week we really kind of laid out the vision for the church, why we exist and why we do what we do here at LifeGate. Very, very important message last week. Today, what we're gonna talk about, we're gonna talk about another guy who was a builder. He was actually pretty famous for what he built. He's a guy named Noah. Everybody say Noah. Now, if you know what Noah built, tell me. Just yelled out real loud. He built the ark, right? We're familiar with that story that Noah. Noah built the ark that God spoke to him, and he built this big, giant boat. And what we're going to do is we're going to look at what Noah built and why he built it, and we're going to learn some things about how God has called us to build a boat as well. In fact, why don't you go ahead and look in your notes or on your YouVersion app or your LifeGate app today, and let's look at Noah's story. We find it in Genesis Chapter 6 and verse number 11. we're just going to kind of read it together. Look what it says. It says, Now God saw that the earth had become corrupt and was filled with violence. And God observed all this corruption in the world. For everyone on earth was corrupt. So God said to Noah, I have decided to destroy all living creatures, for they have filled the earth with violence. Yes, I will wipe them out all along with the earth. Build a large boat of cypress wood And waterproof it with tar inside and out. Then construct decks and stalls throughout its interior. Let's skip on down to verse number 17. Look, I am about to cover the earth with a flood that will destroy every living thing that breathes. Everything on earth will die. But I will confirm my covenant with you. So enter the boat, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. Bring a pair of every kind of animal, a male and female, into the boat with you to keep them alive during the flood. Pairs of every kind of bird and every kind of animal and every kind of small animal that scurries along the ground will come to you to be kept alive and be sure to take on board enough food for your family and all the animals. So Noah did everything. Everybody say everything. Noah did everything exactly as God had commanded him. I want us to look at this story of Noah for a minute today and how Noah built this boat, how he built this ark. And I want us to look at the fact that we are called to build a boat as well, as the people of God, as the church. In fact, this church that we are building is a boat. And I want us to just see four things about what we're going to need to know If we're going to build this boat that God has called us to build. The first one is this. If you're taking notes, write this down. The first thing you got to know is that judgment is real. In fact, look what it says in verse number 11. It says, and now God saw the earth that had been corrupt and filled with violence. And God observed all this corruption in the world for everyone on earth was corrupt. Now think about this for a second. Doesn't that sound a lot like the world that we live in today? I mean, you look around and you see violence and you see corruption and you see sin and you see all of these things around us. And the truth of the matter is, it's easy to kind of look around and go, yeah, I've seen some people like that. Like, I know a few of them. Like, I could tell you a few of their names. But here's the deal. It's not just the people that you see. It's all of us. Isn't it true? I mean, the scripture says the whole earth was filled with corruption, that every man on earth was corrupt. And the truth of the matter is, all of us are. In fact, that's what the scripture tells us in Romans 3.23. It says, for all, everybody say all. All. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Like, we're all sinners. And I know some of you are going, well, you know, I'm not that bad, pastor. I mean, I know some people that are way worse than me, you know. I'm not really all that bad. But here's the deal, is that all of us have sinned. The scripture tells us that there is not one that is righteous, not even one. And the truth of the matter is, because of our sin, there is going to one day be a judgment for our sin. In fact, Romans 6.23 says it like this, that the wages of sin is what? Is death. That one day, all of our sin, the sin of the world, is one day going to be judged. That this judgment is, is a real Now I know that's not a real popular thing to talk about. In fact, we kind of like to gloss it over just a little bit. And we kind of like to go, well, you know, I mean, isn't that kind of a metaphor, you know, and isn't that, you know, a a really a loving God? Would he really judge us? And would he really send people to hell? Isn't that like kind of a myth that we made up to make all the kids act good when we want to tell, you know, when they're acting bad? And, and and all those kind of things that we, that we kind of gloss this thing over, like, you know, God's not, God's a loving God and we're not supposed to judge people. We just gotta let people live the way that they want to live. And in fact, most churches don't even really talk about this very much anymore, honestly. I mean, because it's not a popular thing. Like we want to, you know, let's talk about the love of God and let's make sure that it's positive and upbeat and, and that the message is, you know, is kind of one of those that's easy to kind of hear because we want to build a crowd and we want people to come. But let me just tell you something today. I know it's not popular and I know it's not probably what you want to hear today, but the truth of the matter is, is that judgment is real. That God will one day judge the sins of the earth, that God will one day judge our sins, that we are all sinners, and because we have sinned, we deserve death. The wages, the payment, the judgment of sin is death. And I'm telling you, I know it's not popular, and I know some of you may not even like it, but I wouldn't be a very good pastor if I didn't tell you that. In fact, that's the job that God has given me to warn you and tell you that one day we're going to stand before God and the sins of our life are going to stand before him and we are going to one day be judged. In fact, some people say, well, you know, isn't that kind of like an Old Testament concept. But I want you to see what Jesus said about it. He said that one day it's going to be like it was in the days of Noah. Look what it says in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 37. And when the son of man returns, it will be like it was in whose day? In, in Noah's day. In those days before the flood, the people were enjoying banquets and parties and weddings right up to the day that Noah entered the boat. And people didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came in and swept them away. And this is how it's going to be when the Son of Man comes. Man, this is Jesus. This is New Testament stuff. And what is he saying? He's saying, hey, one day, just like God judged the earth for the corruption and the sin in Noah's day, that one day he's going to judge this earth, that we're all sinners and there is a payment and a penalty for our sin. And one day, we're going to stand before God in judgment. Now, I know some of you are going, that sounds kind of mean, Pastor. Like, isn't God like a loving God? I've always heard that God is a loving God. And that's just, you know, how could a loving God judge us? And how could he, like, like make us go to, go to, someone go to hell? I mean, I don't, man, that just doesn't seem really right, Pastor. But let me just tell you something. That God doesn't judge us because he's a mean God. He judges us actually because he's a good God. I mean, let's just try to put it in terms that maybe you could understand a little bit better. Here today. Just imagine that uh, that there was a man who was on trial for murder, and it had been proved that he murdered the person, like DNA evidence beyond any shadow of a doubt, that the person that this man was guilty. And imagine as he goes into trial that the man is guilty, and there is a judge that is setting in judgment over what this man did. And imagine when it came time for judgment that the judge stood, sat at his judge's seat, and said, "You know, I'm a good guy, and I love people, and so because I love people, and I don't want to be." T- too harsh or too mean, you know, I know you did it, but I'm sure you're really a good person too. And it really wasn't what was really in your heart. And so I'm just going to kind of let you go. Would we call that a good judge? No. In fact, we'd be up in arms, wouldn't we? I mean, we'd be standing out in front of the courthouse with picket signs saying, man, get rid of this judge. He is a terrible judge because we know this person did something, but he didn't make that person pay for what he did. Right. And in the same way, God is a good God. And because he is good, and because he is righteous, he must make a judgment for sin. But because he is loving, he has made a way where someone else can pay the judgment for our sin. Man, that's so good. I'm telling you. The truth of the matter is that that sin must be judged. And because God is good and righteous, he will judge sin. But because he is loving, he sent his son to come to pay that penalty for our sins today. In fact, we get get a picture of of just the, the loving, incredible nature of who God is in this passage in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse number 9. Look what it says: the Lord isn't being slow about his promises. Some people think. No, what is he? He is patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed but he wants everyone to repent. But the day of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a, as a thief and then the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise and the very elements themselves will disappear in fire and the earth and everything in it will be found to deserve judgment. Check this out. The Bible says that hey, there's going to be a day when all of sin is going to be judged. But because God is loving, what is it? He? he is patient with us and he wants us all to come to a place of repentance so that we can receive his gift of mercy through his son, so that we ourselves won't have to be judged. Come on, that's something worth saying amen about today. And that that is because he is a good God, but he is also a loving God. And you know, some of you are here today and, and the truth of the matter is, you're just like all of us, man. You're sinners, and you're away from God. And today, you have an opportunity. In fact, at the at the close of this message, if you've never received the forgiveness of God through His Son, Jesus Christ, today is your day. I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that before this day is over, before this service is over. But then there are some of you that are here today going, hey, praise the Lord, you know. I'm saved. I know Jesus. I know that, yes, my sins are going to be judged, but Jesus has paid the penalty for those sins, and hallelujah you for that, right? But here's what I want to tell you today. There are people in this world, people who don't know Jesus Christ, people that you know, people that you go to school with, people that you sit next to at work, people that live on your block, people that you know their parents because their kids play soccer with your kids. There are people in your life that God has placed you in their life just as he placed Noah there to be one that would that would bring the truth of God's worth of God's word to them. And here's the deal about building an ark. The first one is this, is that judgment is real. But number two is this, is that the ark is for rescue. Everybody say rescue. Judgment is real. Like one of these days, we're all going to stand in in judgment, even your friends and your neighbors and your family and the people that you know. But God has made a way. He has has sent away, He he has called us to build a rescue boat. In fact, this is what we see in verse number 13. So God said to Noah... I have decided to destroy all living creatures, for they have filled the earth with violence. Yes, I will wipe them all out with the earth. So this is what I want you to do. To build a large boat from cypress wood and waterproof it with tar inside and out. Verse 18. And into the boat, you and your wife and your sons and your wives, and bring a pair of every animal, male and female, into the boat to what? To keep them alive during the flood. What was the point of the boat? The point of the boat was to save people, was to rescue people from the coming judgment of God, was to rescue people from the flood. And let me just tell you something. We're building a boat. That's what LifeGate is all about. That's what this church is for. And what is the purpose of the boat that we are building? The purpose is to save people. Your friends, your neighbors, the people that you know that don't have relationship with God. We are building this place where they can come and be rescued from the judgment and the penalty of their sins through relationship with Jesus Christ. I mean, the fact of the matter is, guys, people all around us are drowning. All you got to do is look around. I'm telling you, you'll see it. Your neighbors, your friends, your relatives... People that, you know, I mean, people that are drowning in a sea of debt. And, man, they just can't seem to climb their way out. And they're struggling because of their financial situations. Other people, are, man, their marriages are just drowning. And, I mean, they're about to fall apart. People that maybe they're drowning in just discouragement and depression and addictions and alcohol and all of these things that, that so many people have so many struggles and so many so many issues in their life. And God has said, I'm sending you. The people of LifeGate Church, I'm calling you to build a boat, to build an ark, to be a place that will rescue people that are drowning in this world. Amen. Man, I'm telling you, that's why we're here. In fact, let me just mix metaphors here for just a second. Not as he just called us to build a boat. You know, he's calling us to build, to build a hospital. In fact, this is what Jesus actually called it. Check this out. In, in, verse number, in Mark chapter 2, in verse number 17, he says, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come not to call those who are righteous, but to call those who are sinners. Here's what Jesus is saying. Hey, as a church, you know what I've called you to do? Be a hospital. In fact, it's like one of the old preachers, you know what he said? He said, the church is not called to be a waiting room for the saints, but a hospital for the sinners. Glory, hallelujah. <laughs> I've ever heard that before, right? Yeah, We've got a white hanky over here. Hallelujah. And that sounds cheesy, but you know, there's truth in that, isn't it? God hasn't called us to be just a waiting room. We sit around and wait and, hey, glory, and let's worship, let's love one one another until we get to heaven. No, he's called us to be a hospital to reach people who are lost and people who are hurting. He's called us to build a boat. And I'm not talking about a luxury cruise liner where we can just get on Carnival Cruise and just shuffleboard our way to heaven. No, he's called us to be people who get on the life jackets and get in the lifeboat and get out there where the people are that don't know him and rescue them into relationship with Jesus. Christ this is the reason that we exist and I know sometimes we look around man I look around I, I watch the news and I see stuff going on in our world and I go man I know some of you are going like man I hope God's got a plan because man this life this world is messed up and I'm here to tell you he does have a plan you know what that plan is that plan is you that plans me that plan is us That judgment is real. And one day, man, we're going to be judged. This world is going to be judged. We're going to pay penalty for our sin. But Jesus came to rescue us from that. And he called us as his church to be that rescue boat. We are his plan. You are his plan for your family. You are his plan for your workplace. You are his plan for your neighborhood. You are his plan for for your loved ones and the people you know. We are his plan for this community and for this world. This is what God put us on on this Earth to do this is what we are building we're building a boat, man, judgment is real, the ark is for rescue, but notice this number three, man, this is so good. God is already working man I'm telling you, you may look around and see the struggles that are going on in this world, but I'm telling you God's already working. In fact, look at it in verse number 19, check out what it says. It says, "Bring a pair of every kind of animal, a male and female, into the boat with you and keep them alive during the flood bring every kind of animal every every kind of bird every kind of small animal that scurries along the ground and they will come to you to be kept alive now have you ever thought about this how in the world did noah get them animals on that ark come on ever thought of that before i mean what in the world was that like imagine especially the cats it must have been like herding cats you know come on that's funny right there i don't care who you are you got to help me out on that Like, I mean, in some of the animals, you're like, why did he even get them on there? Like, snakes, man, he should have just let them suckers drown, right? I mean, like, and think about, like, how in the world did he get these animals onto the boat? Well, if you actually read the story, you'll see how it actually happened. You see it right there in verse number 20. It says that every kind of small animal that scurries along the ground, what will they do? They will come to you. Man, this is so powerful. Look at this. While Noah is building the ark... God is taking care of the animals. While Noah is doing the work of building the boat, God is doing the work of getting the animals to the boats. And here's the deal. It's a partnership. Man, God has called us to be builders, to build this boat, this church, this place, to rescue people that don't know the Lord. And it's hard work. I'm telling you, sometimes as a pastor, it's hard work. Y'all are just hard pastoring sometimes, I just got to say. It's hard work. But guess what? If we'll do our work, God will do his work. And the fact is, he's already working. Some of you go, man, I got friends, and I got neighbors, and I got relatives. They don't know the Lord. Man, they're so far from God. And I'm going, how in the world could I ever win them to the Lord? And I mean, it's impossible. If you knew, man, if you knew my uncle, you wouldn't think that I could bring him to church. If you knew, man, if you see the people I work with and whatever. And here's what I got to tell you is that, yeah, it's not easy. Like, you think building that boat was easy for Noah? No. It's not an easy thing, but guess what? While you're working, God's also working too. And so what do you got to do? You just got to partner together with him. So somebody say, well, I want to reach my neighbors and my friends and the people that I know. but I just don't know how to do it. What do I do? Well, let, let me just give you a couple of things that you can do. Number one, write this one down. You can just pray. Everybody say pray. pray. Man, if God's going to have to do the work, then guess what your part in that is? is just to pray. Like, maybe some of you know some people, even right now, that are coming into your mind. You're going, Man, I know this person that doesn't know the Lord. I, I love this person, and I know they're far from where they need to be. Or maybe at one time they were in church, but they're not in church, and they need to be back in church. And you, you, those people came, come to your mind right now. Well, guess what happens is that when they come to your mind, you know what you all to do is pray. Like, make a commitment and say, Man, I'm gonna pray for my neighbor that I know doesn't know the Lord. I'm gonna pray for my loved one that doesn't know the Lord. I'm gonna pray for my boss who doesn 't know the lord i'm going to i'm going to make it a matter of prayer and here 's the deal you can't make people come to the Lord you can 't change a life, but you know what God can right. and he's already working in their hearts and in their lives and all you got to do is just decide you 're going to pray in fact this is what I'm going to challenge everyone to do when you came in today on your seats you would have seen a, a magnet that looks just like this says builders if you got one of those next to you grab one of those and We want to make sure that everyone has one. If you don't have one now, we'll make sure before the service is over that you have one. And this is what I'm challenging every person of LifeGate to do, to take this magnet. And on that magnet, you see that there's three little spots there. In the backs of the seats, there are some Sharpies that we've put in the backs of the seat. And here's what we're challenging you to do. Just begin to ask God, God, who are three people that I know? Three people that maybe they're a neighbor or they're a friend or they're a loved one or someone that I know that doesn't have a relationship with God or that maybe at one time they were where they should have been with God or maybe they were at one time in church, but they're not in church. And I'm going to make it a matter of prayer to pray for these three people. At the end of the service, I'm going to give you a chance to write these down. We're going to pray for them. And then I'm going to challenge you to take these little magnets and put them on your refrigerator or somewhere where they'll stick and that you'll see them. Often and just every day for the next couple of weeks, just begin just praying for them. Just begin to pray that God would begin to work in their life, that God would begin to bring circumstances in their life where they begin to see their need for God, that God would begin to break your heart for them, that God would begin to use you to be able to minister to them, that God would draw them in to relationship with Him. And we're going to make that a matter of prayer over this next few weeks, all right? First thing you can do is pray. The second thing you can do... Is, is simply this. Not only, not only are you going to pray, but you, just, you can just love people. Just love. Everybody say love. Just love. Man, I'm telling you, love goes a long way, doesn't it? Like kindness, caring for someone. In fact, I, I love what, I think it was John Maxwell, he always said, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And maybe, maybe over this next few weeks, what you could do is, is just decide, man, I'm going to pick three people and I'm going to pray for them every single day. I'm going to put them on the refrigerator so I remember to pray for them every day. And then I'm just going to go out of my way to show them kindness and love over this next few weeks. Man, maybe you would say, I'm going to send them a text message and, and just tell them that I love them. I'm going to write them a little card. Maybe I'm going to take them to Starbucks and buy them buy a coffee, or I'm going to take them to lunch, or maybe I'm going to give them a phone call, or I'm going to go, uh, you know, maybe it's a neighbor. I'm going to help them with something, you know, help them clean out their garage or a project or, or something like that, just to, show, just to show love to them. I'm going to pray. I'm going to love. Number three, I'm going to speak. Sometimes in order to share God, we've got we to gotta open our mouths. I know a lot of times we go, well, you know, I'm just going to let them see my life. Well, that's a good way to do it. But sometimes you've got to kind of got to open your mouth. In fact, this is what this is what the scripture says about it. Check this out in uh, Romans chapter 10 and verse 14. It says, but how then can they call on him to save unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone unless someone tells them? You know, sometimes we go, well, you know, I think my friends, my coworkers, my neighbors, my family, I think they kind of know where I stand. Well, maybe they don't. And maybe you need to open up your mouth and just, just begin to share with them what God has done in your life. Some people say, I don't know how to be a witness. I don't know how to share. Well, you know what a witness does in a court case? A witness just stands in, on, you know, in the trial, sits in that seat, and just tells everybody what they've seen, right? That's what being a witness is. Like it's just telling people what God's doing in your life. And you got but you gotta open your mouth to do it. So here's the deal, God's working, but we gotta do our work too. And how do we do it, man? We're gonna pray, we're gonna love, we're gonna we're gonna speak. But number four, write this down. We're gonna bring. Everybody say bring. But here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna be bringers. Like those people that you write down on that card, here's what what I'm challenging you to do. Don't just pray for them and love them and don't don't just say something to them about the Lord or share your story with them, but do everything you can to bring them to the house of God. Man, there is something powerful about an invitation. How many know what I'm saying, right? Like there is something powerful about inviting someone. Lives can be changed in this way. You read the scripture and you'll see, how many have ever heard of the apostle Peter? Ever heard of him, right? Like pretty awesome guy, did some amazing stuff for God. You know how he came to Jesus? His brother Andrew brought him to Jesus. Guess what? There are people in your life that you know that God wants to use in incredible ways, but the only way they're going to come to him is if you bring them. And here's what we're going to do here as a church, man. We're going to do everything we can to be a place that is warm and loving and inviting. I'm going to share the truth just like I did today, but I'm going to do it in a love and kind and warm and inviting way. And we want to be a place where you can say, man, I got friends that don't know the Lord and I want to bring them, I want to get them on the boat so that they can be rescued from the sin that they are drowning in in this life. And you know what the truth is? Man, some of you go, I could invite someone, but they ain't going to come. You know, listen to this statistic. A recent statistic said that 63, or no, 67% of all people who don't go to church would go to church if someone just invites them. No, I mean, think about that what if that 's really true? Six out of ten almost seven out of ten of your friends six point seven i don 't know where the point point seven is or whatever but or, but almost seven of your friends would come to know come to church if you just invited them here 's what we want to do is create a place that you can invite them to in fact, in two weeks from today, everybody say two weeks. On February the 12th, in two weeks, here's what we're going to do. We're going to begin a brand new series, and in that series, we're going to be dealing with some of the issues that some of your friends and neighbors and coworkers and people that you know are also dealing with. We're going to talk about marriage. We're going to talk about finances and debt and that kind of stuff. We're going to talk about relationships. We're going to talk about parenting. How many know some people in your life that need some help with some of those areas that that might speak to their life, right? It's a series called Adulting. Check this out. How I many you have some friends you think that would help them? And we're going to be that place. And all we're asking you to do is just invite them. Just, and don't just invite them. Bring them, right? Come on, be a bringer. Everybody say, be a bringer. Here's the deal. Judgment is real. One day we're going to stand before God, but God has made a way. He built a boat. He called it a church. He's calling us to build a place, a place for rescue so that people can come to know him. And he's already doing the work. If we'll just do our part, he's doing the part. He's doing his part. He's speaking already, even right now into the lives of the people that you know, your friends and your neighbors. And as you begin to pray, man, God is going to begin to do some stuff in their lives. As you begin to just show them God's love and just begin to share with them what God is doing in their lives and invite them, they're going to come in and God's going to give them an opportunity to get on the boat. And that's number four. Check this out. Great news today is that, yes, judgment is real. And, yes, that we're called to build a boat that is going to be for rescue. And, yes, God is already working. And here's the greatest news of all is that the door is still open. Come on. There is a judgment that is coming. And just like in the days of Noah, man, when it came the time and all of Noah's family and all of the animals were on the ark, it began to rain. And the Bible says, and then God closed the door. And how many know when God closes the door, there ain't no no man is going to open it, right? And you know what happened? The floodwaters began to rise. And at that point, it was too late for anybody else to get on the boat because the door was already closed. But I'm here to tell you today that God is patient because he wants all to come to repentance. And he wants your friends and your neighbors and your family members and the people that you know to be able to come to relationship with him. And so because of that, guess what? Yes, a judgment is coming. Yes, a flood is one day going to come. But the good news is the door is still open. There's still a way for your friends and your neighbors and your family and the people that you know to be able to get on the boat and be rescued from the coming judgment of God. Man, this is good stuff today. God wants to use you. He wants to use me to be builders, to build something that will matter, something that will count, something that will last, not to just use our lives to build wealth or to build up our vacation list or to build up all these these toys and all these boats and cars and all this stuff that we want, although nothing wrong with any of that kind of stuff. But he has called us to be people who would use this life that he has given us to build something that would matter for all of eternity, to build a boat, To rescue people who are drowning so that one day we can go to heaven to be with Jesus in eternity. Pastor, why are you getting so fired up? I'm fired up because this is the reason we exist. This is why we do what we do. This is the whole reason that we planted this church 10 years ago. To be this kind of place. To build a tabernacle. To build a boat. To build a place where people can come. To know God. To find freedom. To find their purpose, to make a difference where people can come so that they can find restored relationship with God in their lives and their eternities can forever be changed. Amen.